Okay, recording live. The newest episode of Marta the Minimalist podcast, exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. We are live on Facebook exclusively for you, the members of the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. You get to hear all the bloopers, the gaps, the background noise. First and foremost, because I'm just going to be honest with you, we don't really edit that stuff out. So we could just show you what it's like to be real raw and present as business owners who have many things going on. Speaking of which, I have Nicole here with me, um, and she's going to tell you all about the key thing you need to, in order to grow while still being a present mom and um, what you're going to need to do it and what to let go of. Before we go any further, keep listening. I just need you to know who Nicole is, what's her story, and um, what brought her to doing what she does today. Go for it, Nicole. Hey guys, Nicole Zernzak of Insurance 910 in Wexford. Um, a little bit about me. I come from a long history of State Farm agents. My mom was a team member through high school. I used to remember going to her office with her and I was allowed to, uh, back then there was like a computer system, but hardly. And they had to do everything by paper and you'd have to mail it separately to like each company. So like auto company, fire company. So I was able to walk down after like seventh and eighth grade to her office and I was paid like a quarter to sit and help organize each of the papers. So okay. long line of state farm history. I yeah. gotta like revisit my kids' allowances. <laughs> right? Could you imagine? I'd They're making a bank. <laughs> an eye roll at this point being like, yeah, okay, I'll do that for a quarter. Um, yeah. I opened insurance 910 right on 910 in November of 2017. Um, since then have stayed in the same location, but multiple team members, multiple opportunities within State Farm. So it's been, been quite a journey, but I um, am really committed to the small business owner. So if you guys follow us at all on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that we're really out in the community a lot, just trying to bring light to all the small community businesses that are out there and, and the people that make us who we are. State Farm is all about being a part of the community and that's what we're doing. Awesome. I think I knew, but didn't know that you came from a legacy of State Farm. Was she State Farm, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, your brother too, right? Yep. Are there any more mm -hmm. of you guys sibling-wise? No siblings. I have a cousin who is now a State Farm agent. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah, otherwise- and you guys no. all love it. I mean, you all seem to be loving it. Um, yeah. But- Nicole, you were in my program like years ago now. You were in, I think, I don't remember what it was called at the time, but now it's called Made to Thrive. Um, 
And I've seen and watched you grow and grow your team in the past couple of years, um, which um, is, I just gave it away. The spoiler of what you attribute your success to is to having an awesome team. But can you talk about that? Because that's easier said than done. How would you um, suggest that somebody starts to grow one? I mean, it's, it's really difficult um, to find the right fit. Um, I won't put numbers out here because it's probably <laughs> a little on the embarrassing side, but sometimes like when someone comes in, I don't know about you, Marta, but sometimes when someone comes in and they're hired, you know, within like, let's say a couple days, if they're going to be a good fit or not, just, yeah. are they a part of the vibe of the office? Do mm-hmm. they have kind of the same line of thought process that you do when it comes to how to take care of people? And you can tell that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the team I have right now is. I'll get emotional if I talk about them too much. They're just, they're, they're life-changing. They're committed. They're energetic. They're excited. They see all the opportunity, not only with like our little office in Wexford, but what their future can be if they stick with, you know, State Farm or even stick with me for a little bit and help them get to that next step of, of a career. But I mean, I couldn't do a, a third of the things I do right. without them. I right. just couldn't. Yeah. So um, how would you go about saying uh, what's been your transition into being a business as a solopreneur or have you ever been, or is that not the state farm model? And, and how do you go from to that place to growing a team? So the way the state farm model works is we are, you know, hired by state farm to run the business. And then everything is in my individual name. So yes, we're selling State Farm products. That's kind of our contract to sell State Farm products, but mm-hmm. everything is Nicole Zernzak. So the team mm-hmm. is hired and employed by Nicole Zernzak. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I, I think you asked just like, how do I get there? It's it's yeah. really just taking the steps of asking for referrals mm-hmm. for employees. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you, you know, that the attribute you go into a coffee shop and you run into someone that, you know, is a great barista or you're in a, in a restaurant and you run into like a, a waiter or a waitress that's just phenomenal. And it's just being able to ask the questions like, Hey, I think you'd be a really good fit to come work with me. What do you yeah. think? And it's just trying to get yourself out there, not only through like social media, but just interacting with people just in, in general, trying to get them to say like, <laughs> we joke about insurance, not being sexy. Cause it's, it's not, it's insurance, but it, it can be fun. We can do. And I mean, you guys seem like you have a lot of fun on your Instagram. I'm like, they are in the zone. They are loving life. They're having a good time. (laughs) And we do. And like, it's so funny because like, it kind of just started slowly to where it was like, oh, we should probably start doing some of these, like the reels and like different stories and stuff like that. We're like, oh, we should probably start doing some of these. And then it's gotten to a point to where we do, we have so much fun getting creative. And I, you know, and Marty, you can speak to that, like that piece allows for sometimes where insurance can't be quote unquote creative because it is a very black and white industry, very, very regulated. Mm-hmm. It's a space for us to find some creativity and yeah. let those juices flow for sure. I would say that I think part of the part of the journey of growing into a team, I think might also be seeing yourself if you're the type that's like, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. Yep. I'm going to wear that hat and this hat to see yourself and step back and see yourself 
of more of a leader than a doer, because you might feel like, well, it's my business. My name is on it. I need to be involved in all of these things. Otherwise it's not my business, but allowing to see yourself and step back and go, I'm going to step back. I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to grow my team. And then maybe the next objection might be, well, I don't really have the revenue or the finances to grow a team. And we're not saying like get out there and hire five people. How I started was just hiring a person one or two hours a week, or maybe even one or two hours a month. And then it just grew from there um, and coming up with a compensation scale that is beneficial, not just to the person, because as a people pleaser, a lot of people who listen to this, you're a lover, a doer, a people pleaser, an overachiever, a high achiever, and you put others before you. So you might come up with a compensation scale because you're like, I feel like this is what I need to give for people to be happy, but maybe not necessarily looking at the bottom line and what is realistic. And I was, I've been very guilty of that, of going, I want to be overly generous. So these people are happy. And this is what I feel I should pay them because otherwise I feel like I'm doing them wrong and not necessarily looking at the bottom line. And if that's the case, then also looking at, and I know you can't do this in insurance, looking at the pricing and what you're focusing on promoting so that you are increasing that profit margin so that you can be more generous. But um, can you talk, can you talk a little bit about that and your experience with that? Well, exactly how you started that. I had a really hard time putting down all the pieces because I came in as a, as a team member. So my day-to-day before becoming the agent, wearing the agent hat and having my name on the door was very much the day-to-day activities. It was very hard to stop doing the day-to-day activities because it is, it's your business, your name's on the door, people come in, they're expecting you to be the one, you know, answering the questions, answering the phone. But if you want to be a, a mother to multiple children, want to be a father to multiple children, want to be a part of your community, want to volunteer, be a part of your church, whatever it might be, you, you can't, you can't just always be the one sitting at the desk. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding the ability to say, what part of this business do I love? What part of this business do I find I have the most success in? Mm-hmm. And then kind of, it's not easy. So I'm not trying to act like it was easy. I still struggle today to let things go, but it's saying, okay, I'm really good at these pieces. These are the pieces I have to do as the business owner. And then not being afraid to, to sit the other ones down and mm-hmm. find someone that you rely and trust on to pick them up. Yeah. Cause that, what I find in a lot of overachievers, um, you know, people pleasers, which I'm, I'm not saying those as negative things. Those are positive attributes to what gets entrepreneurs started. I feel like um, it's feeling like I'm going to assign this task, but then you don't trust that it's going to get done. So you jump back in or you're going to assign this task, but then you feel bad because they're having kind of a rough week. So you're going to jump back in and it's really having to practice. It's not going to happen right away. Physically, take yourself out of the equation, stop Mm -hmm. answering the CCs that you're CC'd in. If it doesn't have anything to do with you, or if you know that somebody else is very well capable of taking care of it for you, whether you have a team or not. Right. Right. Yeah. And I found when you were talking about pay, um, I struggled with that at the beginning where you felt like everyone had to fit into the same little pocket. Like this person's paid this much, this person's paid this much, but they're working the same hour. So Everyone gets paid the same. Everyone has the same time off. Everyone gets the same. Where that doesn't fit us as humans, it doesn't fit our world and the hybrid need for people to work and live at the same time. And sometimes I've, well, I guess at this point, have gotten pretty good at having an understanding of each team member individually 
mm-hmm. and asking them, okay, if you're going to be working, you know, what is it that you feel like is your biggest payoff? Is it, is mm-hmm. it time off? Is it the hybrid schedule? Is it a flexible schedule? Is it money? You know, whatever it is right. and getting out of the mindset that everyone needs to be the same because right. it just, that isn't make any sense. And let's talk about zones of genius. Uh, I think you've experienced this where you've tried to assign a task to a person who you felt was like good character, intelligent, fully capable, but maybe assigning certain tasks to them. And you're like, what gives? Why are these tasks not getting done? And the ego, the human ego might go, they're disrespecting me. They don't care. They're putting themselves first. What could actually be happening, Nicole? They could just not be a skill set for them. That could legitimately just be something that is not a part of their ability. And maybe, maybe there's your decision right there that they're just not a good fit for what you need them yeah. to do. And that's when you make, make the break. And it's yeah. hard as a small it's business so owner because you're like, shoot, I hired this person. It wasn't I easy love to them. find someone. <laughs> yeah. Like they have all these other great attributes that I, you know, want to bring on as a team, but this is the box I need checked. And if they yeah. can't check it, you got to make the break and it's, yeah. it's not easy. It's hard, but it actually is a wonderful release when you can sit and lovingly have a conversation with someone you have adored spending time with, but it's just not working. And you're kind of, you're disempowering them from truly f- following their purpose because you might feel like, I feel bad letting them go. I feel mm-hmm. bad like that. I, I just feel horrible. They need this income because of this and that, but you might be disempowering them from finding their purpose, by keeping them on because you feel bad. And then yes, they might not have the empowerment. They might need your encouragement to say, this isn't your path. God has something else for you, but I don't think this is it. Yeah. Time for you to go. Right. Yeah. Kind of that you being the one that forces them to make the change. Absolutely. Right. What about communication styles? What have you found about that in terms of leadership? What I've found, for example, is a team member might be very detail-oriented, very good at this task, because let's say I've even done personality tests where it says this person is really detail-oriented, and I'm giving something to do verbally of that's very detail-oriented, so I'm thinking this person should thrive, but I've come to realize then by having them take another test that they can't compute verbally it must be written down. Have you had any sure. experience with that? <laughs> I think it's funny that you bring that up because I mean, that's exactly the experience because a lot of people, you could sit down or I could walk up to their desk and name 10 things that I want to like either chat about, or can you get this done? Or can you look at this? And they're bam, 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 bam. And all 10 things get done. And then there's someone else where I actually, we have a system where you can literally go in and assign right. physical tasks in the yeah. system. And that's how they thrive. Because right. it's like, okay, here I come in. I sit down at my desk. This is where I start. Bam, task. Done, 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 done. And yeah. I mean, it's all, I don't know. You you know, Marta, even doing the, the, the tests, like before you hire someone, yeah. it's so different once they actually get into your environment and you guys can, you know, feel your way through what actually needs to happen and, and, and where they're going to thrive. And it's being flexible for those first, you know, first few days, first few weeks. Right. On how you're both going to communicate in the best, in the best manner. And again, like you said, if you need to have those tough conversations, you need to have those tough conversations. What I found also was the realization that as an entrepreneur, God has created us to be multitaskers, quick thinkers, problem solvers, solution finders. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of positive mindset that goes, all right, I'm presented with this problem. 
I'm going to find a solution for it. I mean, there must be a solution if I'm presented with this problem that somehow benefits the company in some way and will, will teach us something, right? Mm-hmm. It's sometimes hard to find people that you hire that are really good at things that you're not good at. Like I'm not detail oriented. I'm, I'm not good when it comes to bookkeeping. I I've, I've, I've hired five different people to do it for me. And sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what's going on with that. You got to talk to those people, but um, those same people can't compute the way that I can. And, and can you talk a little bit, have you ever had that experience where you're like, Oh, uh, I like I get it. Not everybody is an entrepreneur. Can you talk about that a little bit? I joke because I just hired um, someone. She just started August 1st. And I don't know about you, Marta, but sometimes I feel like I walk into a room and I'm, I've already been going 5,000 yes. miles an hour that morning. Yeah. And you walk in and you feel like, oh, shoot, I literally opened the store like a hurricane. Yeah. And I didn't mean to. Yeah. I didn't mean to do it. It was just like, Woo, my whole day has been going for a really long time and I need all these things done right now. Yes. And I saw the look in her eyes where it was like, yeah, wow, here she comes. And I had like, I walked up to her later. I'm like, listen, sorry. I, that's not, don't, you don't have to yeah. feed up in my crazy hurricane energy right now. Like <laughs> it's okay. These, all these things have been sitting on my mind on my drive in. Um, I yeah. also have found that like the multitasking piece it's very different between women and men mm-hmm. in our industry. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just very, very different on how we can run the day and mm-hmm. run expectation because the phone's ringing, people are walking in, you're completing mm-hmm. things, you have emails going on. So we have found even to that capacity, having to manage women and men differently in yeah. the office uh, I even, and, and not good or bad, just different. It's different, right? And just recognizing those differences and understanding, oh, that person's not trying you know, that person is doing their best. It's just that they don't compute this way. What I recently uh, discovered, um, I knew that it was harder for women to meditate than it was for men because uh, like scientifically, our brain goes to all these different things when we're just trying to sit and think. And so uh, I, I recently learned that meditation was not designed for women. It was designed by men and it is very hard. And so it, it, when we talk about like all the things in the day, we say to a woman entrepreneur, okay, we'll just sit and breathe, just relax, do a meditation. It's like physically impossible. So how do you find time to relax as someone who has all the many pieces? It's really funny. You use that metaphor of our brains doing like this. I read it probably, I don't know, 15 years ago that picturing a women's brain or woman's brain, like a spider web. So it's just, 5,000 things spreading off from our brain at all times. And then picture a male's brain, like drawers, where like they Uh open the drawer, the thought comes out, they analyze the thought, and then it goes back in the drawer. They Mm -hmm. open the second drawer and the thought comes out. And I always like, I have five sons. And so I'm constantly trying Uh to put myself in a place of like, okay, well, I was able to think through that in this way, but I don't know if like, they were actually able to right. think through it in that way. Like their brain, just like you said, is probably a lot, it is a lot easier for them to meditate because they can quote unquote, close the drawer, which is, yeah. I mean, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Um, but you asked, how I, <laughs> you asked how I find time to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always relaxing uh, because I have the treadmill sitting in our living room. So a lot of times the only time I get on the treadmill is like, there's little people running around. But I find that the physical movement 
mm-hmm. makes me just feel better. Even if it's not a relaxing, maybe I had to jump off once or twice for some reason, or the phone rang or, you know, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. But my body always feels better when I give it an opportunity to, to move in a, mm-hmm. not just walking around, but like in a, I'm going to run today. That always makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I are trying for the next 30 days, no screen. have a baby. After- <laughs> I know, right? (laughs) People always ask me, will you have more? I'm like, I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Uh, We've been no screens after eight o'clock. Yeah. So no phones, no TVs. I've been so bad at that. Like it's total hypocrite. I'm always talking about it, but like with the baby and and those schedules all out of whack, I've been so bad. Yeah. And it it is like, it's hard because it becomes like a, it becomes a habit. Like you're laying there in bed or you're, you know, you get in bed or you're getting everyone's asleep to put the kids to bed and like what's the next thing like oh I'm gonna catch up on that show or oh I want to sit here in school for a while mm-hmm. and it's trying to be just you know we've been playing 500 rummy with our big boys each night oh nice yeah so there's just you know yeah I physically relaxing. had to get uh an alarm clock and I have we talked about I have the studio down in the basement and just put my phone to charge down at my desk so that way I know I'm not going to walk all the way down to the basement to get it but if it's in my nightstand I might pick it up and do something real quick and oh, I've sure. been I've been you know doing it and actually I feel like last night was total god because there's been a lot going on with my dad and uh you know a baby and um there just seemed to be a sequence of days of one thing after the other that I kept saying to myself and I did take time. I'd be like, Hey kids, I love you all. Mommy loves you so much. I need to just go sit in my room for a little bit by myself. Please don't come in. Like I just need to breathe. But, and I was doing that, but it still felt like it was one thing after the other. There's family visiting from out of the country, obviously clients and my body yesterday. I don't know if it was a bug or what, but like 3 PM hit. And it was like, I don't know. It was bad. It was so bad. And I feel that sometimes God intervenes that way when you're go, 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 go. And it's like, if you don't take that time to disconnect and pull away oh, yeah. from everything, God will be like, all right, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to just Sorry. shut you down. Because shut you're down. Not listening. And I feel like that's what happened yesterday. And I was like, thank you, God. And I actually did cancel some things that were fun today, but I was like, I need to just have a day at home. And obviously yeah. I kept this on because it's easy enough, right? And I and I love connecting sure. with you, but it's being okay also in those times to tell the team, right? I need more today. I, I like, I'm not here presently. Like my mm-hmm. mind is not here. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm very proud of you for doing that because it is oh. it's not. Because you're like, I could probably get that done right now. Take 10 minutes. Yep. And then you're and not listening to yourself. Talk about that. I would love for you to talk about that. Cause that's the biggest thing, right? We think it's, Oh, it'll just be quick enough if I do it. Oh, and it's sometimes like maybe, yeah. Like you're going to start sending the email or replying or whatever it is. Like we're sometimes in the moment, I'll literally delete the email. Like if I'm on my phone or whatever, I will delete the email and then forward it to whatever team member can, can complete the task. Yeah. It's where yep. you're in the middle of it. You're doing it you literally could probably hit send and answer it. Right. right. You have to stop. You have to stop right. and just delete, delete, delete forward yeah. to the team member, you know, put it in a bucket, like put it in the, in the, the bag to be touched right. tomorrow. It doesn't need to happen right now. Right. Or set a reminder for it, or just don't check your email during certain times. Right. Or just yeah. don't respond if you know somebody else is fully capable. And I think 
team or business owners, the biggest fear is what, if you don't get it done right away, what do you, what would you say is the biggest fear? I know for me, the biggest fear is insurance is just in everybody's face mm-hmm. all the time. And so many of the companies like, well, I can use like Geico as an example. They mm-hmm. legitimately are 24 seven. I can't be 24 seven. Right. So like if someone wants an answer to something or wants to pay a bill or, you know, get a response on coverage or changing a vehicle or whatever it might be, it's like kind of taking a step back and, and, and just realizing I can't be 24 seven. I can't compete with that. Why in the world am I trying to, why in the world am I trying to compete with that? And mm-hmm. people understand, like they really do. Like, so someone sends an email at eight o'clock at night they and they don't get a response till the next morning. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're emailing an individual. And, you know, the handful of people that we've ever had that have been upset about not getting a response at eight o'clock at night, just probably weren't a good fit for us anyway. And that's okay too. Right. But I, I think the competition of my industry really kind of sets us up to fail in a lot Mm -hmm. of that ways, because we are feeling like we're constantly, constantly, constantly under the microscope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you can't help me right now. I can find someone within the next five minutes that can. And that's yeah, hard. but like what, what kind the, of character is that, right? Like you don't really want that as a client anyways. No, no. And that's like being okay. And that was hard. To, that was hard to learn too, is being okay with like, you're not a good fit. You're not a good fit. And right. I'm okay with that. We can move forward. Right. And being okay with negative reviews, being okay with losing clients, because I feel like those are like the entrepreneurial worst fear is that scarcity mindset of like, those clients are gone, but it's the forgetfulness that it's a cycle and there's plenty more where that came from. And the more that you are decluttering what things aren't a good fit for you, the more you're making room for that abundance of, oh yeah. Okay. I said no to that. So there's more of this good. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your authentic self is going to attract those that are the best fit for both of you. And what you talked about your five kids and husband, or do you have a similar system or mindset at home? Cause they're your home team, right? Yep. What oh my gosh. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm sure Marta, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Like when you're out with the kids or you yeah. and your husband are out and you're doing things and like, you know, I have my business, my husband has a, a full-time job, um, as a mechanical engineer, and then also has a, a, a business that he runs. We always get that question, how do you do it all? And I've kind of gotten to a place of answering. I say just that. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) And like right now, honestly, right now, I sharing with you, I'm I'm in my bedroom. My 13 and 11 year old are entertaining their three younger brothers. Yeah. So like even even them, like I say that all the time. Like I couldn't do so much of the day without the help from even them, even my my boys and their help and how they'll just pitch in and play in the driveway. I can hear, I don't know. Can you hear them screaming every once in a no, while? No. And I even asked the, oh, okay. <laughs> the baby. I woke him yeah. up like right when I was walking out of the, uh, let me just make sure somebody has them. Let me just make sure yeah. that they know that I'm like in a meeting. Yeah. I can hear them. They're like, they, they, well, I'm sure it probably wasn't a great thing for them to do. I'm on a call, but they built a ramp. So they're oh. riding their bikes on a ramp right now. It's, in the driveway. it's a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw a reel recently that was like, why having six kids is easier than having two. And it's like, you, you see her like with two, like she's sweeping and mopping. And then 
with six, she's like handing the broom to one, handing like the mop to another, handing the baby to one, handing the other one to the, and it's like, it's a team. You're, you're working as a team. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, and everyone, everyone puts it in. I mean, it just, and I think the cool thing about having like the larger family is that everyone feels that way too. You know, the boys yeah. feel a part of a team. Like yeah. so many of our conversations, my husband just sent me a message uh, a little bit ago that we're having a family budget night tonight. Mm-hmm. And so it's just them understanding even to that degree, you know, about financing for the household. I know it's a far-fetched, like you don't ever want to compare your family to being run as a business, but there are so many, yeah, like there are so many pieces that really overlap that are very, very similar to running a family and running a business that are important. You have to do them yeah. both. Yeah. And you just named one, having family meetings where you're probably going to delegate, where you're probably going to review and goal set, right. And yep. give your expectations and learn together and help each other out. Well, I am loving this conversation, but I, I want you to get out there and I want you to try out that ramp with your own budget. <laughs> if not borrow yeah. your 13 year olds. I feel yeah. like it would work for you. <laughs> I guess it would because he's gigantic. I think he comes up to me at least every two days and like comes eye level. I know they always do. Am I taller than you yet? Am I taller than you yet? Like stop it. I know, like every day they do that. It must be like a teen thing. My my almost 15 year old, my 13 year old, they're always doing that. Like, mommy, mommy, watch, watch, watch. (laughs) It's like, okay, yes, you're taller than me. I I love it. Thank you. Great. But if you uh, are in need of insurance and you like Nicole's vibe and you promise not to give her hell if she doesn't answer your email after 8 p.m. (laughs) Well, Brie might answer you at 8 p.m. So my team. We're going to have a talk with Brie about boundaries. No, I'm just kidding. Because it's also having those talks with your team. I know. Working too hard. Go on a vacation. Uh Don't pick up your phone. Yes. Yes. Um, but we put her email in the show notes or descriptions on whatever platform that you are watching this and she will be tagged in, um, any platform that we're sharing this. So she should get notifications that, um, you've made a comment or a question. And of course, if you have any, uh, any feedback on this episode and how it helped you and how, um, you plan to implement some of the things that we've discussed today, then by all means, please share that with us too. And I'll see you next week on Marta the Minimalist with my guest, who is, who's my guest next week? Oh, Amanda Kunkel. You're going to love her. She's an energetic uh, business coach. Um, she used to dub herself the business psychic, uh, but cool. um, she teaches women entrepreneurs, how to lead with their intuition, how to tune into that intuition that really is God, your guides, guardian angels, saints, uh, saying to you like, ah, don't go that way. There's a crash, but you maybe aren't listening to it. And just really tuning into what God's path has been set out for you before you were born and how to more quickly walk that path without getting distracted or not listening to your intuition. So we'll see you next week for that. And thank you, Nicole, for your time. We've had, I've had a really good time. Bye.